0: Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black one episode at a time. I am joined, as always, by my white friend, Paige.
1: Hello. Hi. Hi.
0: (laughs) On a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling watching today's movie on a shared Netflix account. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no reason we all got to pay for it. That's right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. And Crystal, on a scale from zero to African American, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling like some cotton draws. Um... (laughs) But you know I don't wear no cotton draws. (laughs) um so
0: yes I uh so I told you that uh I was gonna finally watch um I well I said I was gonna watch um Dolomite and you were like which one and I was like well if I have the strength I'm gonna watch both
1: okay did you watch both or I did watch both you watched both (laughs) okay 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 (laughs)
0: Yes, I did watch. I watched Dolomite, and then I watched My Name is Dolomite. Uh, Dolomite is my name, actually, instead of backwards. Which one did Um, you watch first? So I watched Dolomite first. Really? Uh, Okay. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes.
0: Because I just I knew that the the other one, the newer one, the you know, the make of his life was going to be
1: referencing a lot of things. Yeah, I did appreciate that they put for all the scenes that they show in Dolomite is my name, they show you the real scene at the end. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I did appreciate that.
0: And so I just wanted to make sure I was in on the joke because I hate that feeling of like, you know, like everybody, you just know you're missing something. So I, that's, and I, I, I don't know, like after watching them this way, I still don't know. If I, I don't know which one I would advise. Like if I were to say, oh, watch this one and this one. I still don't know which like I think you could really go either way. Um, yeah. you're definitely gonna have a different feeling about the older one if you watch the newer one first. Yes. Yeah. Um, one hundred percent. Like I definitely was going through like my revising my thoughts and feelings about it as I was watching the Eddie Murphy. Uh, right. One. Knowing mm-hmm. the
1: story behind it really kind of casts a different light on the original. 100%. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure so I watched so I watched Dolomite. Uh I watched that on Tubi. Um Tubi. which I've mentioned I think once before and I want to do this potentially as a live show one day. Mm-hmm. Um so Tubi is like in like an off-brand streaming service that you can get on either your phone or on Roku if you have it. Um, but one of the things that Tubi has is a huge, huge selection of. Black movies.
1: Oh right, yes, you yeah. If mm-hmm.
0: from literally the the absolute best to the absolute worst, um, <laughs> and I would say like a good eighty percent of them I'd never heard of, and like so one of the games that me and my boyfriend play from time to time is that we have to pick a movie from the black cinema section, and then we we first pick it based on like how bad the um the the cover is and okay. how bad the title is
1: And then we watched five minutes of it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the longer the title, the worse the movie.
0: That's true. We did watch something called Damages with Shamar Moore. And like, it wasn't great, but the first, right. But the first five minutes, okay. You know, know, like they were, they were doing something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love Shamar Moore. But I feel like every time Tyler Perry tries to do a serious movie, it's like the temptation of the relationship of the person who lived in this house as a marriage counselor. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. That they got on sale uh, (laughs) during
0: the downturn, you know.
1: um, (laughs) Now, how did you feel watching Dolomite after watching Black Dynamite last week?
0: Okay, yes. So let's let's just back up, and let me just say, like, I was actually trying to remember when the first time I was even aware of Dolomite. Okay, Mm -hmm. now the first time I would say I heard the word Dolomite was of course in nothing but a g thing.
1: Yes. Like <laughs> in a grip, like my name was Dolomite.
0: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um what I I'm curious, like what was the first time you were aware of Dolomite as an entity?
1: Um I want to say that easily as like a teenager, I knew that it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, cause definitely by the time I got to film school, I had, I was already aware that it existed even if I hadn't seen the films. Um, but, and I want to say it would have probably been my dad referencing Dolomite. So when my dad was in college in like the late seventies, like, like 79 to 81, um, he had two black roommates and okay so they would hang out and like watch movies and stuff so i think he saw some of those movies with them okay that's that's the only kind of contextualization i can come up with for why my dad had seen many of these movies and for so my dad loves black dynamite as well and after we did our episode he went back and watched it And then he called me and was like By the way our Netflix Netflix queue is insane Right now (laughs) He was like you would not believe What they are (laughs) recommending Which I find hysterical Because I know the other things that my parents watch On Netflix they're just like Oh you watched Umbrella Academy You must like Dolomite and the Black Ninjas Like it's just Very very funny to me Um (sighs) But so, uh, yeah, I was aware that those kinds of movies existed and I had probably heard the name Dolomite as a teenager, but didn't see the actual film until college. OK. okay. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know when I became aware of the fact that it was a film and that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I positive I've never even heard my parents utter the, the name Dolomite ever. Mm. um I know that they know about it but I don't know in fact the other day like I was talking with my dad and my dad was recommending all these movies after I was talking about I was like how did you never talk to me about these (laughs) like you never brought these up you know like and I don't know if he was just like oh she's a kid like I don't want to expose her to that or just genuinely like I don't want to force my preferences on her like Right. I don't know like my like I I'm listening to you and the, like so many other people talk about their experience with I guess music and and movies with their parents and it seems like a lot of that is shaped by like kind of how their parents like exp- what their parents expose them to my parents were really hands-off in that regard and I'm really upset about it um-
1: <laughs> I'm sorry uh, my my parents were overly hands-on in in that like we weren't allowed to listen to a bunch of stuff except disco. Very allowed in uh-huh. the house all the time. Now I didn't know I didn't know the story behind Dolomite mm-hmm. until just a couple years ago. Okay. So like when I had seen it initially, I just kind of thought it was one of the many black exploitation films at the time. A lot of which are referenced in Dolomite as my name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had no idea that he was a stand-up comic, and there had been records before. Yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't know that whole section until just a couple years ago. Yeah, which I find to be it for me it makes Dolomite as a movie so much more fascinating. Absolutely. And so and like I already consider it's like real black dynamite, which sounds terrible, yeah. but it is, and especially now knowing that it was intentionally funny. Makes me feel Yeah, yeah, it. yeah <laughs> So um, le- I'm wondering like Because you saw it
0: when you were in college Have you seen it again since?
1: I saw it recently when Probably about four months ago when, Oh Yeah, as <laughs> when like Dolomite is my name Was kind of getting a lot of steam Kind of after the Oscars I guess it would have been more than four months ago Time is relative um, <laughs> And I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to watch both i was like uh so i did go back and watch dolomite is my name again uh Mm -hmm. just because i love it and so it had probably been about six months since i'd seen it but like this year i watched it and knowing it's a comedy now granted the first time i saw it there are scenes in that movie that are undeniably done for comedic effects you know but there are a bunch of scenes in that movie where you're like, I don't know if this is supposed to be funny. So the first time I saw it, I was like, either this is bad or it's brilliant. <laughs> and I don't really know where it falls, but I'm here for it either way. And then yeah. re-watching it now, I had actually a lot more fun uh-huh. watching it, knowing that it was intentionally done as a comedy. Uh, at that point, then it was hilarious to me. Okay. So... So, for me watching it, um
0: one, like there um, okay, let me go. I'm just gonna say up top, the sex scenes were very difficult for me because he does have the body and hair shape of my father.
1: Oh, so- oh God. <laughs> oh. Oh, I've never had to experience that in yeah. a film and I, I I hope that I never do. Oh, that's horrifying. I oh, I didn't like, even think about that. This is not right. Um. well and, and that was a that was a complaint when they were making the movie like as we hear about in Dolomite is my name but also like kind of obviously at the time we're like he's not your typical leading man and so they're you know it's my favorite is when he's like leaning out of the sheets like bitch are you for real i love that this is is so insane i was glad they included it in both films um but oh yeah Yeah. no no keep going (laughs) keep going about your family trauma (sighs) So that
0: was rough. Um, I will say I did notice something interesting because there was a couple of scenes that they recreated, and that was one of the one you just referenced that mm-hmm. um, that they covered in Dolomite Is My Name." That I believe in the Tubi version, like I somehow it it was cut out. Really? Because I I was like I would have remembered this. This is very hilarious. Um, yes. I and I don't remember that scene, and so I just yeah.
1: So when I saw it in college, I actually saw a print of it. So like on thirty-five millimeter, Um, and which oddly enough, some of the films that have survived a little bit better are some of those black exploitation films because they were shown in grindhouse cinemas, so people preserved the film stock, Mm. Um, and they haven't been like converted to Criterion Collection yet. Get on it! Uh, So. Uh, yeah so i saw it that way originally um now the thing with these types of movies at mm-hmm. the time our current rating system was not in place mm-hmm. and so the ratings of movies and the cuts of movies in a lot of times were predicated based on what could show where so A lot of times you'll have like different cuts for the UK and different cuts for the US because some things were allowed there and some things weren't. Uh, Oddly enough, cuts from the UK at the time tend to have more of the sex scenes and cuts from the US tend to have more of the violence because culturally in the UK, the sex scenes were more acceptable, but the violence was not. And Mm -hmm. in America, the sex scenes were less acceptable, but you could shoot anybody. And so (laughs) sometimes depending on the cut that survived or got uploaded, you may lose some of those bits. Um, Mm. Now, when I watched it about six months ago, I found a cut on YouTube is how I did it. Okay, so I must have had the cut that still had it. But yeah. like it's it's tricky with movies from that era because you really like The Wicker Man is another one famously that some cuts included things, some cuts included other things. Um, and for a while, you know, that movie, I believe, was temporarily banned in the UK. Like there's whole, you know our rating system could have its own podcast. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. I yeah, so yeah. that is unusual that it was not in that
0: cut. Interesting. And I don't think also the one where the room is shaking where he's like with the with the white girl. Which that, is so yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not right. Like, I, if there's <laughs> yeah. a scene that we needed, it's that
1: one. <laughs> girl. Well, um. <laughs> I also didn't know up until Dolomite Is My Name came out that it was filmed at the Dunbar Hotel and that right. we basically lived there to film it that was um, yeah I like finding that out made me kind of in a weird way treasure the movie even more because I'm Absolutely. like that's such a, a significant place for black entertainment but also it enabled this fever dream of a movie to be and I find this movie and its existence to be triumphant Absolutely, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad that people know the story now because mm-hmm. I feel like it colors the film differently Mm -hmm. and even though it's not what we would expect from a successful movie Mm -hmm. I think it has a lot to say about representation at the time almost everyone in that movie is not the norm Mm -hmm. at the time Yeah, I I loved you know um, Queen Bee basically saying like thank you for putting me in a movie because I'd never seen someone like myself up there Right. and I was like yeah. important to this day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I mean
0: also yeah We'll we'll get into um Dolomite is my name but yeah there's a, a yeah so there's a there's another thing about this movie I mean definitely you know it was nice watching this on the heels of uh Black Dynamite, Black Dynamite. Mm-hmm. yeah just to see like even you know I mean they reference like Nixon is a is a very present. Yes. You know? <laughs> um, and then the karate school, like that was hilarious. Um, the karate
1: school, the fact that he has a, a an all-girl karate team. Like mm-hmm. yes. it's really funny to see a lot of these things that Black Dynamite has as an homage and to see the original. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I uh
0: I, 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 the acting, like if you're going to watch this movie, just be ready. Um, it's not, it's, you know, it's, you know what they deliver them lines. Okay. I, I love the review
1: that just said every line is screamed. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Well, I, my, honestly one of my favorite lines that I literally
0: laughed out loud is when, uh, he says another frame up. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, and I'm honestly like, I'm saying it faster than it was delivered. It literally was like a full pregnant pause before the hmm came in.
1: I think um, <laughs> one of my favorite things is it doesn't matter what line he's saying, he's always glaring. Yes. Or <laughs> She's looking half too. asleep. There's sometimes
0: where or I'm like, is he?
1: Wait, is he looking at the camera or or not? Well, and and this sounds terrible. I find him to be much more attractive than Eddie Murphy. Like, <laughs> I f- I feel like Michael Jai White looks more like him than Eddie Murphy does. Mm, yeah, and I feel like true. in some in some <laughs> scenes, Eddie Murphy does a great job of kind of like imitating the way that he can talk and whatever, but there is something about he has like his own aura where he's in one movie and maybe it's the same one as everyone else (laughs) but you cannot guarantee that scene to scene and I think what we're seeing is just the determination of like I'm gonna do this this is my movie you're all just kind of here in it and excitement but also like struggling because you know Rudy Ray Moore was not an Actor, mm-hmm. but he pushed through it, <laughs> and yeah. so I, you know, the it is bad. It is a slog at points. It's yeah. it does have pacing problems. Um, but I I find it really fun. Yeah, and um,
0: early on when he gets out of jail and like the white girl throws him the cotton the cotton
1: <laughs> drawers,
0: <laughs> yeah. um, and then like they're all making out in the limo and then Mm. once they get to the scene where they're being tailed she's gone
1: yeah completely gone (laughs) not in the car anymore and there's no indication she was ever in the car except that his shirt is unbuttoned yeah and he does the same hand motions and they had eddie murphy do it and it looks kind of um it looks like uh, one of the clumps when Eddie Murphy does it, where oh. he's like waving his hands like, drive, drive. Uh-huh. But then when you see the real one and you're like, he really kind of does that. Yeah. And it's the most unnatural <laughs> hand motions where you're like, a gangster would never do this. And it's it's one of many peaks into this movie where you you really understand that you're like a he's not an actor yeah and b he's not a gangster like this is (laughs) all put on like the one where he he's trying to karate fight and put the guy in the trunk yes yes. that's one of my favorite where he just kind of like dumps him over kind of it i don't know how much experience you have watching star trek um, very little. well, very, yeah, very ok. Little. So in Star Trek, the original <laughs> series, there's a fight between Captain Kirk and an alien called The Gorn. And it is hands down, one of the worst fights to ever be on television. It's like <laughs> slow motion throwing styrofoam rocks at each other, like so clearly not at all going to injure <laughs> Captain Kirk. Uh, <laughs> and it's famous for being that bad. And Mm -hmm. that's what that scene reminds me of. I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, dumping people
0: into the trunk. Also that outfit. I mean, the beanie and crocheted from head to toe, honey. (laughs) Um, I would also like to point out that the fake, that the preacher had three accents. Um,
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One when he's talking to black people, one when he's talking to black people in front of white people, and then one when he's talking to Dolomite. Um, (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. And honestly, that, honestly, that tracks. I (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, that, that is my that is my experience of life and Black
1: people. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the code switch. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> um, one of my favorite Key and Peele sketch sketches kind of illustrates that perfectly, where uh, they're standing on the corner, or they're walking down the sidewalk to a corner, and they're both on the phone, and they stand at the corner, and then they change their voices an octave. To be like, uh, yeah, I'll be there, like, to sound tough. Mm-hmm. And then they go their separate ways. The light changes and they move. And you hear each of them on the phone be like, oh, my God, I almost got mugged right now to each other. Like, they were uh-huh. both pretending <laughs> for the benefit of the other person. And the, I, the, the preacher reminds me of that. Of just that, kind of yeah. like, like I don't want to get my ass kicked mm-hmm. or lightly dumped into a trunk so i'm going yes. to adjust my behavior <laughs> um
0: i would say the other thing that i was noticing too in this movie is i well i will say the one person i was like this is this seems like a legit actor was i think he was like like sergeant blakely he ended up being in the fbi
1: well, Oh, he reminds find- me Of O'Leary in Black Dynamite, but a better actor. Yeah. Like, he does a better job, but (laughs) it's still such, it's still written so crazy. Well, he wrote it. Yes. He's also, I was like, oh, he's the writer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who was very invested in it being real movie movie with he didn't necessarily want it to be a comedy right which i think is a really interesting <laughs> note because the like as someone who is a comedian and has written comedic scripts the idea that you would have one person writing a serious drama and then another person come along and be like <laughs> put butter on hot toast <laughs> like <laughs> and that would be your movie explains so much of why I feel like that's where you get a lot of the like giving smack to the kids. Like, yes. that's where you get those sections of like him trying to write about real things happening in the community mm-hmm. and real actionable items. But then you've got the other side of just like, but also add kung fu and explosions. Yes. Yes. And that's how you get such a weird melting pot of a movie that un- unfortunately ends up being more entertaining than informative. But at the same time, <laughs> is also weirdly informative. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Which I, I was and, glad they cl- kept that for Black Dynamite, where it's kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually just talking about this
0: with another um a, another comedy writer because I had this I had I had like it was kind of the opposite experience where they brought me in for comedy but they kept tr- they kept taking the comedy out. Oh, (laughs) you know, like it's that thing that that happens a lot where they're like, we want a comedian, but then they don't actually know what's funny. Yes. Oh, and and they realize, I mean, maybe too late, like, oh, what we what we wanted was something that was just gonna just be kind of basic and straightforward.
1: Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I for a while did corporate training videos, I would like write like i would punch up corporate training videos yeah uh, and almost always i would punch it up so that we had a version that was hilarious Mm -hmm. and then we would turn it in and they would cut the hilarious stuff and then pitch replacements so like it would be like what if the punchline was golf and I was like oh my god God dang why don't you uh, stick to surgery doctor like what do you <laughs> let me handle the jokes uh, uh, and they never they never ever do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is this is the opposite where all the jokes stayed in <laughs> and sometimes yes. the plot got got taken out and speaking of jokes so. and
0: we can start getting into dolomite as my name too on at this point but like um so when he like is met by a bunch of dudes like on a street one day Mm -hmm. and they're like oh you know like spit some stuff for us man or like he's like oh you'll see me and like I guess at that point I really was like wait what is his job
1: yeah and
0: and that's why that's why i would say like i guess the other movie is informative to know that like i don't know in this movie if he's supposed to be a a comedian but he does do what he does in his in his stand-up which is kind of this like rhyming yeah full old afro folk folklore telling
1: type thing He's he's bullhorn, so like it's that same yeah. like da 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 da, and it's the same rhythm almost every time, so that it is almost musical. Mm-hmm. But like I think a lot of that was because and and again not knowing this the first time I saw the movie versus yeah. knowing it and watching the movie again that was clearly an appeal to the people who liked him as a comedian. Right. And I, I I was completely lost. Um,
0: (laughs) the first time I heard him do it it with all those guys on the street and every time they would laugh, I was like, Oh, I, I was, it was jarring because I was like, and what am I missing? Like, what is so like, I was like, legit. I was like, did they make them laugh because that's what, was supposed to happen per the script or is this genuinely funny to people
1: and, and at the time it was genuinely funny to people it was yes. funny and i was like oh like
0: really, truly. the other movie helped me understand what was happening because i was like so lost even when he did the bigger performance i, I love that his uh his club is called total experience yes um <laughs> such a black
1: name for a club well my favorite is the club is total experience and then in real life they're like group of comedians like you know how comedians will form like a posse and then give themselves a name uh Uh, their posse name was comedian international yeah i was just like is this an airline what are you doing but then when they start making films it's generation international i was like you could not get more vague if you tried um, so, but yeah, even when he does that performance,
0: uh, I was like, I was still like, wait, what is happening? Yeah. And also every time they cut to the audience, the audience, like at least during the dances and the singing before him, they could not have been less impressed. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, did they mean to do it that way or they just this is just how they show emotion like I don't
1: know I think it's just I think it's because the bulk of the extras in the movie and the bulk of the people that were in that audience were his friends and the other performers in the movie yeah just dressed up differently (laughs) so they're just tired and there's a shot in Dolomite is my name where they're kind of like panning over and it does show his like main four friends the guy who did the score uh the guy who did all the costumes and um the producer or the essentially the line producer the guy who handles the money all seated at a table together right as audience in the scene right so i suspect that that was probably the case and they'd probably been up till god knows how long sleeping in a crazy hotel that had no running water and only occasionally had electricity. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about where they all went
0: to the restroom like yeah. god, yeah. Mhm. Um okay, well let's let's start talking about Dolomite is my name. Let's do it. Which my main takeaway from this movie is that I
1: am Dolomite. Yeah, um. that's why. I, yeah, that's that's why I wanted you to watch this. <laughs> I, w- I was like, it's gonna be, we- it's gonna be, we- it's gonna be weird when Crystal realizes that someone else has been her in the past.
0: I was crying so much during this movie because. Yeah, I mean, I was just like what the fuck like I'm going to say I it's not been been a bad all this
1: like yeah, and I'm going to say it's not a bad thing to be dolomite. Like I know yeah, that sounds yeah. insane to be like I'm dolomite. Uh, but I think that that is the only way sometimes that people succeed. And I think the one of the most admirable things about him in Ostensibly real life From what we know uh, And the way he's portrayed in this film Is that he believes in himself No matter what Like no matter what anyone else says He is like I can do it I have it within me to make this happen And I don't care if you don't believe in me I believe in me And I'm gonna bet on myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I love it I-, I I, feel like more people should aspire to that But maybe not all people Because I've seen American Idol <laughs>
0: well um yeah one thing this movie did was um just give me the like I don't know all the the, the vibes of like being on the stage again because when especially yeah. early on when he's getting the light from, from the club <laughs> he's order. running the light yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh <"Aw." laughs> um but yeah I guess for people who are listening to the podcast kind of the way I identified and to kind of explain that. um, So like about, uh, I guess a little over a year ago now, I I, like took out a personal loan. Like I um, invested heavily in like personal projects. I made a music video and I did things that I felt like I... (laughs) Things the in, in the same way, like Dolomate is like betting on himself, I guess, like, you know, trying to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I did. And now I'm in this place where I'm still, you know, having to work a full time job and like I haven't yet seen the lines around the block for people to you know, I'm not on this this movie is the movie that you get at the end of, I guess with the success. I'm still not there yet. So I still feel like, yeah. So it was really, really emotional for me in a good way. And also it reminds me of my main advice to a lot of people, which is stop going to seminars where you listen to people who have created nothing, tell you what you should be doing.
1: Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I The thing that I love about this movie, too, is it doesn't sugarcoat it. You know, it mm-hmm. shows him having to grind and tour and be poor and borrow money and record this album in his living room. Like, it shows that scrappiness, but it also shows that, you know, just because you bet on yourself, it doesn't suddenly make things easy. You yeah. know, like, it it shows that, and I think that's why the end feels so great, is because it's this hard, hard journey for him to get there where he's mm-hmm. losing sleep. He gives up his house to live in a hotel with no running water to make the movie he dreams about because he thinks that's what he needs. And in the end, it pays off. But it takes years, mm-hmm. years. And yeah. so it is this it, it does feel good to have him do it. And at the end, be like, I won because I believed in myself. Mm -hmm. You know, because that is truly the message of this movie. Is like it's not going to be easy, but if you believe in yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, you can make a movie with a a women karate team. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: I will say one thing about this movie: when he's doing his stand up, it was the first time I laughed um, at it, and maybe it's because I could hear it. I don't know, but the line that I laughed at was, uh, "I." Oh, yeah. I sucked an earthworm's dick. Oh, yeah. And and that's that's that, so that, low, that,
1: I suck an earthworm's dick. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I was triggered when he did tell the, the producer that he came up with a whole new set, and it was one day later.
1: Oh, girl. Girl. <laughs> I feel like that's something that if you've never done stand-up, if you've never hosted a show or produced a show... That You you have this idea of like yeah what's wrong He made a new set it's going to be yeah. great No <laughs> Please explain why that is triggering Okay so <laughs> uh, There are different types of comedians Some of them write Ahead of time and some of them write On stage and I'm not going to Stand here and tell you that one is better Than the other because Different people have different processes It's all the road to the Same place Um But for the people who write on stage, that means that when you get on stage in front of people, sometimes you're still figuring it out and it might not be funny and it desperately might not work. Mm -hmm. And similarly, for the people who write ahead of time, you've never tried it in front of people. So you might have punchlines figured out and it still might not work. Mm -hmm. And so there's this feeling of... If this is the first time you're trying it, if this is a day later, you have not had the chance to test any of this. And the odds of you nailing it that first time are, I, I would say you have a 20% chance of success. 80% of the time you're going to fail, 20% of the time you nail it enough to then keep working on it later. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have only had one or two times where I've told a joke for the first time and had it totally crush. Mm -hmm. Usually, if I tell a joke for the first time and it does well, I'm then going to keep refining that joke until it consistently crushes. Um, But for paying customers, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not Um, a good idea. Absolutely, yeah. So,
0: that, um, there was a couple of moments where I was like, wow, like it, it just was a different world to know yeah. that back then, um,
1: people, people got were... paid to perform.
0: Yes. People got paid to perform, <laughs> um, uh, Fedco sold gin. Have you ever been to a Fedco? Have you ever? No, I've okay. never. Okay. Do you, do you know what it is? Or no, kind of that's concept? a joke that kind of went over my oh head. Oh my God. I fell out. So Fedco, I don't know the full history about Fedco, but what fedco was it was before sam's club and costco okay so it was like a membership grocery store you were a member of this grocery store you got like coupons specific to your membership and like what you bought and stuff um and i don't i actually don't remember what fedco stands for somebody's i'm not gonna look it up but um I remember going to Fedco as a kid and like we would it kind of had everything it was like it was like a Walmart or you know huh. it had it had groceries it had clothes it had like a like a jewelry and department gin, and
1: and gin <laughs> Well, and and now that you kind of tell me what it is, now that joke makes a little more sense, because uh, not all WalMarts sell alcohol. Like it depends <laughs> yeah. on where you are. That sometimes those types of stores don't sell booze. Costco is like yeah. a notable upset exception. Yeah. Um. Okay, that makes and, sense. <laughs> and um. Oh man, I was really
0: taken back when uh, he was producing the show in his in a house. Yep. Oh, like I miss it. I miss I know. that so much. Um. I just love that feeling and the closeness and like I mean honestly like producing if i if I had a, a space to produce a comedy show in my in my own place again like I totally would still do that I mean I would that's where I would record an album because it's just such a tight it's just it's a cool thing to be that close to people like well if we ever are able to be that close to people again. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's the only time my comp troller bit ever works is is at house shows where I did it at your show and it like fucking crushed and then I never got it to work again. Uh, where I I just joke about like it, it's only it only works around election season, too. Of just like what is a comp troller? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. Oh,
1: yeah, there's something right. about house shows, yeah,
0: house shows. Um, but i that i think that's the moment where i was like i literally wrote down i am dolomite i'm <laughs> mm-hmm. i've produced shows in my house i i've sung i've done dancing before like i am an
1: entrepreneur
0: i've like made a video like yeah
1: it's a uh... Yeah. I did sit there and think, what would it take to record an album in my house? And I was just like taking stock of all the sound equipment I currently have. Dude. And I was like, I bet we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> why not? You know, like, I mean, it's, it's pandemic. But other than that, why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that'd be really fun. Um,
0: and also just like, when have we ever seen a movie? Or I don't know, like, I don't even know too many people's like story where they where they legit had a man like a, a, a woman in comedy. Have a man just pick them and and, and yes. you know what I mean? Like, have because he has this moment with Lady Reed, right? Yeah, I like, love their relationship. Stand-up. Yeah, I, like I started to tear up because oh, I was like, they
1: make me cry the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just such it's so precious and like and I don't want to use the word pure, but I'm just it doesn't feel tainted by weird like other stuff that you you hear constantly happening in comedy, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I feel like the thing that I love about her in this movie and her role in this film is a at no point is she sexualized in the context of their relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: never enters into it. He willingly admits she is talented, actively tries to help her, and then they remain friends for years with him respecting her as a comedic peer. And Man, she. What yes. And she. Word. <laughs> yes and she is part of their crew the Mm -hmm. other the other people in their crew also respect her as a peer and Mm -hmm. i was like this is so refreshing and -hmm. the fact that this story is 40 plus years old makes me so sad because how why is this not current currently and i'm not it's not that nobody does this but it's Rare, you know, like there are a a handful of national touring headliners that do invest in female comics and they're wonderful, but there are infinitely more that have tried to use that relationship for sex or Mm -hmm. just don't invest in female comics at all. So to see a relationship where it's not sexual, she has no obligation to romantically work with him at all he mm-hmm. is just invested in her as a performer and they have a fulfilling respectful friendship and yeah. i love it i love it yeah. so much it's so great it's so refreshing i really wish
0: more like things could like that i mean i again like you said it, it is happening but i just wish it was happening to, to such a greater degree because and unlike- more publicly Yeah. And because unlike a lot of other industries, it's um, like comedy is the one where, um, you know, being in contact with a bigger comedian really could change your life. Like, for example, like uh, I think in acting, like just because, you know, another big actor doesn't mean that you're going to get a part. Right. But like being considered as funny to another big comedian could change your career like right to be put on the road once by them to have that as a credit once by them you know like Mm -hmm. if you're an actor like you know john han you can't put that shit on a resume you know right um (laughs) so it just like we're so dependent on uh these other comedians who have like they're you know they've they've made it or they've made it bigger than us. We're so dependent on them in a lot of ways to kind of like make it to the next level.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So it's just so cool that he does this for a woman and um, a non-traditional, I guess, like,
1: Yeah, she's not conventionally attractive is Mm -hmm. what I would say. I think she's beautiful. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. by the standards of the time and by the standards of today, Mm -hmm. she, you know, without that comedy act and without him putting her in a movie, she would have never been in a movie just realistically. That doesn't mean she's not talented, but she would have never been there, you know? And I feel like that's notable, too, where he made an effort to, A, support and bring up his friends around him, mm-hmm. you know, and actually further artists that he had worked with um, and make an attempt to help them as he helped himself. Um, but he also didn't listen when people were like, you don't look the way we expect or they don't yeah. look the way we expect. And he was like, fuck that. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. And I love that. hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm
0: um, also if there's one thing that I uh, I've learned from this movie Is that I need to see Blackenstein um, <laughs> What the
1: <laughs> Yeah Blackenstein um, Blackula was first We do still need to watch Blackula I feel okay. like for for October We okay. should watch First of all Bua Madea Halloween um, <laughs> But then also we should watch Actual Blackula and then Blackenstein If we can get our hands on it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i thought for a hot second i thought and let me double check i thought blackenstein was a, a joke one that they put in oh okay but then no uh <laughs> 1973 it is a very real movie <laughs> and the it's one that they were mentioning i was just like they're all Damn, real, yeah. that's that
0: happened yeah like yes. uh <laughs> like when um the director now we need to talk about the director which i so the director is played by, it's Wesley Snipes, right? Yeah, Blade, um, Blade director. Yes, yes Blade. <laughs> so Wesley Snipes plays the guy, I, Derville. Uh, he, yes. He's an actor, but they let him also direct in order to get him to be in the movie.
1: And and, and his main claim to fame at the time, he'd been on a, in a couple black exploitation movies, but his biggest credit was being in Rosemary's Baby. Right.
0: And he had nerve to be like, I have an agent.
1: I'm like, <laughs> really?
0: One of your movies was Boss Nigger, and you want to talk about having an agent? Okay. Oh, I
1: I didn't realize that he had been in Boss N-Word. Yes.
0: Yes, he was. And, Uh, like, another movie with this, like, similar title.
1: Um (laughs) Well, here's the thing. They all had those titles because they weren't – they're not meant for white people. Like, they are art that is not created – for white consumption and (laughs) I I feel like that's something that sometimes when people criticize it I'm like you realize that this is not meant for white people yeah like right and that's okay (laughs) but that's one of you know that's a notable time in history where people actively created art that was not designed for white people like that's a good thing (laughs) it not saying it couldn't be better but I'm just saying you know yeah. that's what this was and maybe we should continue to make some stuff like that
0: yeah i i really love that line that he says at one point where he says every city in america has those same five five blocks yes because they tell him like you shouldn't you don't you don't make a movie for this for a you know the five blocks that you know and he's like well every city in america has those same five blocks and they'll watch it
1: yep and he's and right he's right it's <laughs> fucking right He is right. right. I also Mm -hmm. love they highlight at the end of or towards the end of the movie when they're going to finally release it. um, They talk about specifically the theaters that they're going to be releasing it in. Mm -hmm. And he calls them the grand picture halls. And he's doing that in a way to make them sound nice, Um, because the reality was at that time, movie theaters had started to franchise and become conglomerates. And so the old movie theaters that were an actual theater were not as popular and they were often very run down. And those become a lot of the grindhouse cinemas. So he's Mm. painting it as it's like this big thing. Mm -hmm. But what he's actually saying is like, we're showing this in rundown theaters, but we sell out. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. what happens. That's yeah. how this movie gains traction and makes $10 million that year, which at the time was huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, w- I
0: thought that was dope. Um, but it was truly watching Wesley Snipes portrayal of this guy that I, it definitely, I was just like, oh, so there was somebody, there were multiple people along the way and on the set who were like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. And at th- the end of
1: the day, I'm glad he didn't fully listen, but it's still, it still was like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> Yeah. I think I, I feel about it similarly to The Room. I don't know if you've seen The Room or seen The Disaster Artist. Uh no. it's, it's the white version of this. And, yeah. But it, the movie <laughs> is not as good. And okay. <laughs> uh, So The Room is made by a crazy person. Uh, who similarly was like, no one's going to cast me. I'm going to make my own movie. I'm going to write it. It makes so much less sense. Uh, It's not nearly as fun of a movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. And along the way, a lot of people were like, this is a bad idea, and then still Mm -hmm. did it. And that's Mm -hmm. how that movie got made and made millions of dollars because it was a spectacle of terribleness. Uh I feel like Dolomite (laughs) still succeeds as a movie. Okay. Like it's, it's bad and it's weird, but it's still watchable, you know, yeah. much like Black Dynamite where you're like, this is insane, mm-hmm. but I'm going to watch the whole thing. Right. Yeah.
0: Um. I, I loved, uh, well, when I loved uh, Titus in this movie. Oh, um, Titus Burgess Titus, is amazing
1: always. His
0: reactions to things. I was like, that's what I need. Like I need, <laughs> I need like dolomite the movie but like with titus's reactions along the way (laughs) like and that's 100% what you get with dolomite is my name
1: (laughs) my my favorite is whenever he tells someone what their job is because people have multiple jobs and so he's like well you're the caterer today Oh yeah. So feed them honkies. That's what she that's what yeah. she I will say so my I finished out film school at UCLA and they were very they are very proud to have helped Dolomite come to be. Wow. That yeah. That's it. That's that's great. Good for them. And I know they had a poster <laughs> of it in the film school for a while cuz they were like, wow. yeah, technically we made this.
0: <laughs> um I I was, you know, of course, reminded of Hollywood Shuffle as yes. well when they are sitting in the theater watching that white movie
1: and yes. they're like,
0: they ain't got no titties, no funny,
1: no Kung Fu. Yes. <laughs> I just, every time Rudy Ray Moore in, in Dolan white Is My Name, lists off the things that he thinks <laughs> need to be in a good movie, I was like, <laughs> same hard same where he's like there's no kung fu there's no explosions there's no gangsters there's no naked ladies and i'm just like sign me up (laughs) these movies sound great i agree i got asked the other day why i don't like rom-coms and i was like there's no explosions (laughs) oh that's yeah that's true i
0: yeah um so okay let's i i Let's give our rating. I'm gonna rate. I I was at first gonna give my rating for the for Dolomite and then my rating Mm -hmm. for Dolomite is my name. But I feel like to me they go together. Yes. um, And the way I feel about you know the original is definitely colored by now what I know. Mm -hmm. Um, and it feels appropriate. And I also feel like I think I I feel a lot in the same way as like. The transition of like how people see black hair
1: yeah
0: in America right Mm -hmm. like it's the same way that you know like I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with getting extensions and weaves and I think that can look just as beautiful Mm -hmm. and um, I prefer to wear my hair naturally and I don't I, I think it's not right to like To you know, like put one above the other. But I I do this thing in my mind with this, with art, you know, I kind of do the same thing. And I'm trying to like level that, like be, you know, critical, but also like not elitist. Yeah, there's no wrong way to be black. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'll say that when I say, um, I say all that to say my, I would give Dolomite is my name. This for sure five out of five hair picks. Yeah, agreed, and loved it from top to bottom. Um, it, like all the performances and reenactments were amazing.
1: It's honestly, great.
0: yeah. Eddie Murphy kills it. Uh, Wesley Snipes kills it. I loved the meta uh, feeling of like watching Eddie Murphy, a famous stand up comedian, and Lunell. A yes. Also famous stand-up comedian talking about Bill Cosby.
1: Yes. <laughs> but as different people. <laughs> yes. Well, and and be like, he's kind. He's the family man. Yeah. Because this is this is pre-Cosby show. This is back when he was just doing those albums. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the like pinnacle of success. If you wanted to mm-hmm. look at like being a black comedian with an album. There's that and then there's Richard Pryor and people had very strong opinions either way or Red Mm -hmm. Fox because they do play Red Fox in the movie. Um, But there's very much this like, are you going to go dirty or Mm -hmm. are you going to be a family man like Bill Cosby? And I think I love the scene where Lunell finally hears the album and realizes that it's just filthy and then he just yeah. hands her money and she's like never yeah. mind <laughs> <laughs> which I, I find so hilarious because lunel yeah. is filthy oh yeah exactly exact. <laughs> that's why it was so meta and i was like lunel is nasty like. I, I love it i love it she's it was hilarious so much,
0: i just so i love that moment yeah that was very very funny <laughs>
1: I, it's it's a nice easter egg if you are familiar with lunel's work <laughs> I love um it. and i'm gonna give
0: dolomite the original dolomite i'm gonna give that four out of five hair picks. um i i'm only only four out of five because it will it like it really is knowing what i know about him in this movie that makes it for me it's yes. not It's not particularly my taste and that's not, you know, to take away from that being what other people like, Mm -hmm. but I just love that he pushed forward and like got this movie made and it is enjoyable to watch. Can I watch this a bunch of times? Mm, Not really, but like it, I could watch scenes from it like multiple times. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I feel like Mm -hmm. it's, it's that movie where, you introduce it to somebody so that you can watch it and laugh together. And then you don't watch it again for years until you introduce it to somebody else. Right. (laughs) Um, Much like black dynamite in that way. Uh, Yeah. Although I would say black dynamite's a little more rewatchable. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. In Mm -hmm. fact, I'm probably going to rewatch it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, did you finally get a chance to rewatch it with your boyfriend? I that's what I want. So he okay. wasn't in the mood the other day. So hopefully he'll be in the mood tonight because I know he's going to love it and I can't wait to like find all the things that I missed the first time around. <laughs> um, and also just like get it more, you know, at this point having watched yeah. you know Dolomite and watched, you know, other things, I just I feel like I will I'm going to get it even more than I would the first time.
1: And and uh, that's another Like Michael Jai White fought to get that movie made the same way Rudy Ray Moore fought to get his movie made which I Mm -hmm. think is such an interesting parallel between the two Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm glad that we watched all of these kind of all together over the last couple weeks uh, because I feel like it all goes together you know like Hollywood Shuffle, Black Dynamite Dolomite, Dolomite is my name it paints a greater narrative of the black experience in Hollywood that we don't always get to hear about because they don't true. make fancy Oscar drama movies about it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so true. They really should. And I think it's
0: really good for people to see the struggle that it takes to make any any piece of art whether you consider it worthy of your time or not. Mm. Um and especially the what it takes to make it if like you're also black in America, um like I think Sometimes you have an idea and like, there's so many people around you who they, they want to, they 100% believe like this idea is great. And it's like, why hasn't it already been made yet? And then it's like, oh, well, it's because, you know, the people that have the money and the power and the influence, like they don't believe in it, you know? And that's kind of the similar story. I mean, even, even truly with this podcast, you know, like there have been, you know, multiple like attempts to like, you know, prove prior to the podcast, you know, like launching that this is something that people would like and it would be good. Right. And yet you still have a lot of people who have doors that they could open, not do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So shout out to the ones that did, you know, you're all some Mm -hmm. real ones, Uh, Real people yeah, appreciate you guys, appreciate people who have been sharing the podcast and um listening and you know uh big ups to Sweden. Yes.
1: porgy um. <laughs> borgie borg. Uh, but- yes. <laughs> um Australia, what up? Good day. Uh- <laughs> How them giant spiders going? <laughs> um canada y'all in there too um (laughs) oh poutine i could taste it right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. um so Paige, what do you what are what is your rating for these two movies
1: i i would agree with you i give i dolomite is my name is a five out of five for me i love it top to bottom uh there was awards talk about eddie murphy uh this past award season and he didn't get a lot of them and it really bummed me out because yeah, I, I felt it's... like he deserved it for this movie yeah. um, but I would agree with you on the original Dolomite as well um, only because uh, if you don't know that it's a joke then it, mm-hmm. it does not translate and I yeah. feel like Black Dynamite makes it a little more obvious that we're joking and mm-hmm. so it's a little more successful in that regard um, but once you know that they're joking it's a lot of fun so I'm definitely going to keep it in like the four to four point five hair pick range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you guys watch this movie, uh, you know, comment on their feed, message us, let us know what you thought of it. Uh, you know, at just in in the same in the same vein as Black Dynamite, there are some todays. and there's a lot of todays. There's some todays in this movie, so. Um, that you have that to look forward to, um,
1: yeah. Let us know what you think. Did you want to do a shout out for black noir?
0: Oh, speaking of opening those entertainment doors. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, please check out the uh, Kickstarter that I am working on. Um, I'm part of a team that's putting together a bunch of noir stories, all written by black comic book writers and, um, they're going to be have like, it's going to be a graphic novel code. So there's going to be art along with it. And the art will also be done by um, by black artists as well. Even the letterer is going to be black. Um, nice. So yeah, it's going to be a really dope project. Once it's all completed, we just need to get there. And so if you are interested in comics, if you love comics, if you love the genre of noir, if you just love black people and supporting black projects please share this with as many people as you can we are trying to raise enough money so that we can pay everybody we're paying everybody you know a fair market rate for what they're contributing to the project um so please go on kickstarter find noir is a new black and support the kickstarter
1: yay
0: yay and yeah thanks so much for listening you guys we will be black next time